Hey, New Life family, it's so great to be back with you. My name is Jeremy. Thank you for joining our online weekend experience here at New Life. From wherever you are watching, we want to say welcome home and thank you for tuning in. Hey, go ahead and take out your phones. We're going to dive right into the message for this weekend. You can find the message notes on our app. Just click on the app, click on the middle button that says read more, and then that will pull up the message notes for this weekend. Uh, we wanted to make a, just a real quick announcements for our Operation Christmas, Christmas Child Shoe Boxes. We try to say that real fast. You're going to mess it up like me. So those are due on Sunday, November the 21st, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Make sure you bring those back, those of you that took those shoe boxes with you. It's a great thing that we do every year, and I cannot wait to see how many come back so that we can be blessing children around the world. So thank you for doing that. Well, over the last few weeks, we've been in this series called God Is, and we've been looking at the different names of God, what they mean, and how we can apply those directly to our lives today. Names are really important, aren't they? Think about this. Whenever someone says the name of someone that you know, we automatically connect what we know about them to their name, all right? I mean, uh, we don't even have to say their whole name. Uh, names like this, Stallone, all right? Yeah, you think of uh, actor, muscles, Rambo, and Rocky. What about this, Adele? Yeah, singer, British. Here's another name, Elon. Of course, Tesla and SpaceX. Uh, what about this, Bezos? You know, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Bezos, money, power, wealth, Amazon, all right? We think of all those names. All of those names are attached to uh, what we know about them. Our names sometimes have what we do attached to them. Most people here call me Pastor Jeremy. People attach what I do to my name. But anyone who hangs out with me for a while just calls me Jeremy. Names also have emotions attached to them, okay? Uh, think about it. If you like that person, when you hear their name, there's maybe a feeling of safety or happiness or maybe fun memories uh, attached to their name. But if you don't get along with that person, if maybe there's some tension between you and that person, uh, maybe they just have a bad reputation. Uh, our brain automatically goes to something they've done or they've said against us. Or maybe they just have a bad reputation out in the community or around the world. And those are the things that you think about when you hear that person's name, which shows us that our characteristics and our personalities are also connected to our name. The same is true with God. God has many names in the Bible, with each of those revealing a certain aspect of his character. Week one, we talked about Yahweh, the all-encompassing name of God, Jehovah, and how the names Yahweh and Adonai were mixed together to form the name Jehovah. Week two, we talked about Jehovah Jireh, God my provider. Week three, we talked about Jehovah Shalom, God is my peace. And then last week, we dove into Jehovah Nisi, God is my banner. So today we're going to be looking at Jehovah Rapha, God my healer. It was great. I was saying all these names to uh, my daughter on the way to school this week, and I was saying all Jaira, Shalom, Nisi, Rapha. She said, Dad, are you sure these aren't Star Wars characters? All right, are these really the names of God? Because they do sound like Star Wars characters. Well, in Hebrew, Rapha means to heal. 
or to restore. And I couldn't think of a better week to dive into this name since it's also communion weekend, okay? We're gonna be doing that at the end of the message. So if you wanna go ahead and take your elements and prepare those for the end of the message, you can go ahead and do so. I also couldn't think of a better time than now as a country for us to be talking about the name Jehovah Rapha, our healer, because of all the division that our country is still plagued with. Our country needs healing. And you might be thinking, oh yeah, Jeremy, I didn't think of healing in that way. Because you see, most of us, when we hear the word heal or restore, our minds automatically go to the physical, don't they? I know mine does. I pray all the time that Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, will heal my daughter Ella of diabetes. I pray for Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, will touch the lives of those struggling with COVID. I pray Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, would heal all of those with other diseases. And the list goes on and on. We forget that some of us need healing mentally. That some of us need emotional healing, while others need relational healing. Most importantly, some of us need healing spiritually. Well, the good news is this weekend, we serve a God who can do all of that because he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals and restores. Just think about those two words in their context and meaning. Heal and restore. Why does something need to be healed? Because it's sick, right? Why does something need to be restored? Well, because most likely it's broken, whether it's spiritual or physical or mental, emotional, even relational, there's a need for something in our life to be healed or restored because it's either sick, sick and unhealthy, or it's broken. So before we dive too deeply into this, let's go all the way back in history and see where God first proclaimed himself as Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. Now before we read, let me set the scene up just a little bit for us, okay? For those of you that know the story, in the book of Exodus, uh, God sent plagues upon Pharaoh in the land of Egypt, uh, Egypt, causing Pharaoh to release uh, the Israelites into the care of Moses. They get as far as the Red Sea and they're blocked in the Egyptian army because Pharaoh changes his mind. He wants the people, he wants uh, uh, the, the people of the nation of Israel to come back and to be enslaved. And so he sends the army after Moses. They are barreling down on them from behind and the Red Sea is in front of them. God parts the Red Sea. They cross the Red Sea and then the, the, the Egyptian army comes in behind them and God kills them uh, with the waters uh, uh, flooding uh, back, up, back up on them. And then they... Moses and Joshua and the other leaders are, are leading the, the, the Israelites away from the Red Sea, a million plus people, and now they've run into another problem. They're on their way into the desert or the wilderness, and they've come upon a time with, where they are thirsty and they have nothing to drink. So in the book of Exodus chapter 15, we're going to start reading verses 22 through 26. It says this, Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Morah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Morah, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah 
that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And you may be thinking, see, Jeremy, this is only talking about physical healing. No, no, no. It's so much deeper than that. Do you know where the word heal actually comes from? Thousands of years ago, whenever the fabric of a garment would begin to wear thin, they would tie the material up at the top, and then they would let the material hang, and they would hang rocks on the bottom of the material, the material so that it would hang tightly and straight. Then they would remove the bad threading and repair it or heal it with new healthy threading. It was actually called healing the garment. It's a beautiful picture of what God does with us. When you and I make that decision to put our trust and faith in the great healer, Jehovah Rapha, he's able to take the old worn out parts of our lives, the parts that have been beaten up and battered and weathered and sick and broken. He can take all those parts of us and heal us and restore us to new. Our God heals and restores. Look at some of the places in Scripture where he heals and restores. He heals and restores in our sickness and our infirmity. Psalm 41.3 says this, The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. He heals and restores in our spiritual fatigue. Psalm 23.3, He renews my strength. He heals and restores in our emotional suffering. Uh, Psalm 147.3, He heals the brokenhearted. He heals and restores in our anxiety and our worry. John 14, 27, Jesus said this, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So here's what I want to do today. I feel like sometimes we can take messages like this and only see them from an ancient perspective it's like we, well, like we actually can't apply them to our lives today. But today, I want us to see how God is still active and alive in our hearts as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Okay, so first let's look. Where were the Israelites when they began to complain? Where did they find themselves? The desert. For three days they had been traveling in the desert heat with no water. And then when they did finally find water... They couldn't drink it. It was bitter. It was not safe for them to drink. Have you ever drank bad water? I remember back in 2005 when I went on a missions trip to Kenya, Africa. And one of the things that they told us over and over again, do not drink the water. Do not drink the water. It's going to make you sick. You're not used to that. It's got things in it that your body is not accustomed to and it will make you sick. Everybody listened to this advice except for two ladies. We, the very next day we landed, we got there, they got up the next morning, they brushed their teeth with it, they rinsed their water, they, their mouth out with it when they were brushing their teeth. They, I, I guess when they were t- taking a shower, they, I, I don't know how they got so much, I don't know how they drank so much water, but they were sick for three days. I mean, violently ill for three days because they did not adhere to the advice. They did not heed the advice that was given to them to not drink the water. The Israelites knew that they could not drink this water because it was bitter and tainted. 
But what was bad and damaged and unhealthy, God made better. And this is actually another place where God showed himself as Jehovah Jireh, our provider, because he provided exactly what the Israelites needed to survive. And some of us today, you and I, we're like the children of Israel. We found ourselves in our own dry desert place, and now we're dying of thirst, just waiting for some water. Now, obviously, we're not talking about physical thirst or physical water, but I don't have to describe the area of your life where you need healing, where you need restoration, the area in your life where you're in need of repair. I believe this weekend God wants to be Jehovah Rapha for all of us, the God who heals and restores. So here's your first fill-in for the weekend. You'll see the sermon notes on your, on your app, like I said. Number one, God is the healer and I am powerless. God is the healer and I am powerless. So what exactly is your desert place? What area of your life do you need God to heal and restore where you feel powerless? Notice Moses cried out to God in desperation for exactly what the children of Israel needed. They needed water. And Moses, in verse 25, cried out to the Lord for help. When is the last time we've actually cried out to God for our healing? Because God loves our very specific prayers. God, I'm crying out to you today to heal my marriage before they leave me. I'm crying out to you to heal my mind before I go crazy. I'm crying out to you to heal my heart because the pain is just too great. I'm crying out to you to heal this addiction before I lose everything. God, I'm crying out to you to forgive my sins before I die eternally separated from you. Jehovah Rapha can heal you where you have come to the end of yourself and your ability to manage, to control things and fix things and change things, your desert place where you are powerless. He can take out all the worn out threading, those things that's causing the unhealth in your desert place and replace it with something new and fresh and life-giving. Whether it's in your mind whether it's in your thought life, your emotions, your relationships, your body, your spirit, God can take what is damaged and bring healing to you today. And sometimes it all begins by us just taking the time to praise God. Look what King David did in Psalm 103.3. He says this, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise your holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. <laughs> now, if you know anything about David, you know that the diseases he's referring to here are not just physical. David had a lot of his own issues that you and I still deal with today. And just like David, Today we can praise the Lord with our whole heart because of all the things he has done for us. If the only thing he ever does is forgive our sins, that's enough. Forgiving our sins heals and restores the broken relationship humanity had with the Father and allows us access to be friends with God, the creator of the universe from this life, in this life, and in the next life to come. Now that's a healing. When our souls are in that desert place searching for nourishment, searching for something to quote-unquote drink, the world around us cannot offer what we need. Culture and society around us, it's way too bitter. 
It's like the water for the children of Israel. It's too bitter. You see, you and I, we try to heal ourselves with addictions like alcohol and drugs and sex and stuff we buy. We change jobs and move houses and move states and change churches and leave our families because we think those are the things that's going to fix us. But all of those things are just falling into this big black hole in our spirit that can only be filled by God. Jehovah Rapha, God our healer, offers something better. And he's constantly inviting us close. Isaiah 55, chapter one, or chapter 55, verse one, says this, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Whatever your dry and desert places today, that place that needs healing from our God, that place where you feel powerless, he is Rapha to you today. He's inviting you to draw close to him for your healing. If you cry out to him like Moses did for the Israelites, he will answer. It takes us to number two, second fill for the weekend. God heals in his way and in his time. Listen, this is critical. God heals in his way and in his time. Now, this is where it gets hard. We want things our way and in our time. And yet God is at work in ways that we can't even fathom or comprehend. You see, you and I, we, we have our own list of how our healing should work and what it should look like. So God, just, just do this. this. This is what I need from you, God. And he may do that. But he may also bring his, his healing to the very deeper parts of me. Challenging places in our heart and in our soul. Maybe he's healing us from our need to control the healing. <laughs> in Exodus chapter 15, verse 25, we see this. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. Now up until this point, God has already done some pretty remarkable things, including the plagues in Egypt, parting the Red Sea, turning Moses' staff into a snake, and so on. So God pointing out a piece of wood to Moses to throw into the water, even though it, it was odd, it wasn't the weirdest thing that Moses had done up until this point. But notice, Moses doesn't pause. He doesn't hesitate. He just does it. You see, it took his faith to believe that it could happen and then the follow through of his action in obedience. So here's my question. What's your piece of wood? What is your piece of wood? What is the, what's the area of faith and trust that God is inviting you into so that he can demonstrate how he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals? If it's, your marriage, if it's your marriage that needs healing, maybe your piece of wood is reaching out to a marriage counselor. If it's an addiction, maybe your piece of wood is attending Celebrate Recovery ministry here at New Life. If it's a mental health, it's a, if it's a mental health issue, maybe your piece of wood is connecting with our new life counselor or another therapist. If it's a relational issue, maybe your piece of wood is calling or texting or, or writing the other person just to say, hey, can we get together? Can we talk? I want to resolve this issue. But most importantly, if you need spiritual healing, maybe your piece of wood is just recognizing your need for a savior. 
It's admitting, that you, it's admitting your need to confess your sins to Jesus and invite him into your life beginning today. There are multiple times in the New Testament where Jesus responds as Jehovah Rapha, the healer. And I've been thinking about two of them specifically. The first is when the man with leprosy approaches uh, Jesus, begging for his healing. Jesus was moved by the man and got up close and personal with him. We find this in Mark chapter 1, verses 41 and 42. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared, and the man was healed. Now, I think there are different types of healing done here in this story, in this example. Before the leprosy is gone, Jesus moved in close and touched him. Nobody ever did that since leprosy was so transferable, so contagious. I think there were, there were probably scars and wounds on this man, but there were also probably scars and wounds on his heart, on his soul. Loneliness, depression, loss of hope. Jesus saw him. He didn't see him as a, as a bother or as some crazy man, but as a real, valuable, precious masterpiece. There was a deeper healing first, and then the healing of his body. A few days after this, Jesus is teaching in a town, and people were coming from all over the place to hear him teaching. They had heard all these rumors and stories about his teaching and him healing people. These four guys had a friend that was paralyzed, and so they just wanted to get him close to Jesus for this friend to be healed. He's already shown himself as, as the God who heals. And maybe if we can get our friend close enough, maybe Jesus will heal him as well. If you grew up in church or if you've been around here for a while, you know the story. They got up on top of the roof. There was no way to get him through the door. There was so, the crowd was so thick. So they crawled up on top of the roof. They pulled off some of the tile. They lower the man down in front of Jesus. And look what Jesus does in Mark 2, 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. They went through all of this work to go and get their friend, to put him on a mat, to carry him over there, to try to get him through the door. It was too crowded, so they rip open the roof, lower him down, and this is what Jesus says? Son, your sins are forgiven? But notice, he healed his soul. He healed his soul. Jesus healed the most important thing, but everyone started talking. Uh, all the religious leaders were indignant, asking him, who does this guy think he is? And Jesus said, wait, just a second, which do you think is easier to forgive sins or to tell this guy to take up his mat and walk? One I can see, the other I can't, right? But Jesus says, so that you know that I truly am God, pick up your mat and go home. Yes, God can and does heal the body. God can and does heal circumstances. But he's mostly concerned about the healing of your heart and the healing of your soul. He cares about what you're experiencing. He cares about that you are wounded. He cares about your hurts. But it's not just the body. It's much deeper. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 8, 36 and 37. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? 
What if your whole body was healed of ailments and sicknesses and mental illness and, and rejection and hurt and wounds and scar? What if all of that was healed, but you never confessed your sins to Christ? You never asked Christ to be the center of your life. You've never called him your Lord and your Savior. What would it benefit if you gained the whole world but lose your own soul? So if you're thinking to Jeremy, why doesn't God heal me? If he can heal circumstances, if he can heal people physically, then why doesn't he heal me? Why doesn't he heal my spouse, my child, my parents? I'm angry about it. The answer is I don't know. I don't know why God chooses to heal some and not others. I don't know why God spared my daughter, Ella, back in January when she was hit by a car, yet four days later decided to take another young child around Ella's age who was also hit by a car. I don't know why some get better from suffering with mental illness, why another takes their life. I don't know why some are able to get through emotional trauma, the emotional trauma of a loss while others are barely able to function day after day. I don't understand and I don't know why some relationships are salvageable and others aren't. I don't know. Some of those things are completely out of our control, completely out of our control. But here's what I do know. That in all of those circumstances, all of those issues and circumstances and situations I just mentioned, those are prayers asking God to come and heal us right? God, will you heal my sickness? It might happen, but it's not up to me. God, will you heal my marriage? It might happen, but it's totally not up to me. God, will you heal my mind? It could happen, but again, it's not up to me. But God, will you heal my soul? (laughs) Not it might happen, not it could happen, not it can happen, it will happen. God, will you come into my life and heal my spirit, forgive my sins, heal my soul? Yes, that will happen. Some of those other things that I mentioned, we can't control. But the decision to follow Jesus and for God to heal our soul, that's our decision. Through the power of the blood of the great physician, Jesus Christ, we can rise from our old sinful life as a new creation in eternal fellowship with God. We can make that decision. We have control over that decision. Jesus came and went to the cross to bring healing to you and me in every arena of life. Where we are powerless, he is powerful. Where we are broken, he brings restoration. Where we are wounded, he brings healing. In his time and in his way, He sets right the deepest places in us, our hearts and our souls. If you have your elements with you, we're going to go ahead and take those. This wafer represents the body of Christ that was broken for our sicknesses and our diseases and our sins. He he paid the ultimate sacrifice with his body to allow his body to be broken for the sins of humanity. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing your body to be torn apart, to be broken for our sin. We take this in Jesus' name. Let's eat.
This juice represents the blood of Christ that poured out as a once and for all sacrifice for the sins of humanity. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing your, your blood to spill out to cover my sin. No longer do I have to bring, uh, do we have to bring sacrifices into, uh, into the priest because you paid the ultimate sacrifice. You are the ultimate sacrifice. You paid the ultimate price that we could not pay. And you paid that price with your blood. And Father, we, we drink this this morning to honor you and to say thank you for allowing your blood to be spilled out for my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink. Let me close with this scripture, 1 Peter 2.24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Father, thank you so much for being Jehovah Rapha, our great healer. We love you. And Father, I just pray for all those listening, all those watching this morning who have never made that decision to allow you to heal their souls. They never confessed their sins to you. Father, I pray that they just make that decision right now in the name of Jesus and that beginning today, beginning today, they can proclaim healing in their soul in the name of Jesus. Let it be so. Let our amens be amens, Father. We love you. We worship you. In your name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in this weekend. We hope uh, that this uh, message was a, was a blessing to you. If you know of anyone in your life that you say, man, I know my neighbor, my family member, someone that I work with could really use this series that we've been in, God Is, specific, specifically this one about Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Maybe they have a physical ailment. Maybe it's a mental or emotional or financial or marital uh, uh, situation that they're going through. Can you just send them this message and let them know that, hey, we want to be an encouragement to you. And we know that God, Jehovah Rapha, can be the healer of whatever you are going through. Hey, we love you guys. Don't forget all the announcements that we had in the beginning of the, of the, of the, the, the message uh, uh, this weekend. And so we want you to have a great week. We want you to tune in again next week as well. Hey, we love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next weekend.